It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Upfront for this uh, Wednesday, October 28, 2020. Roger Bouchard along with Jeff Gamash. And uh, today's program centers on Council President Dan Gendron. We uh, continue and conclude our series of programs in which we donated time to the candidates who are running for city council, all 14 of them. And uh, they uh, have been coming in week after week. And today we have our final program from 815 to 845. And that will be with council member and president Dan Gendron. He'll uh, join us by phone in just a few moments. Just a couple of program notes before we get to a few items that we want to point out. This program is in progress, but uh, later this morning at 10 o'clock, the Blackstone Valley Prevention Coalition will present our um, special monthly program with Lisa Casaferro and our own Jeff Gamash. And they'll be talking about, of course, the uh, drug issue, whether it's uh, related to drugs or alcohol or um, smoking or whatever. That'll be under discussion between 10 and 11. Later tonight, Scott Gibbs will be in the studio at 6.05 with our specialized program on economic development. And at 1 o'clock this afternoon, Governor Gina Raimondo will take to the microphones with Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott and others and discuss the latest uh, information concerning the COVID-19 virus in Rhode Island as it impacts Massachusetts and Connecticut and other announcements, including Halloween announcements. So I would say, Jeff, we have a busy broadcast day in front of us at WNRI. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, and uh, I also want to mention the cooking show today, Recipe for a Good Day. Nine, Did I forget that? 9.05 this morning. What and is wrong with me? I think, um, I can't remember what Gary said he was going to tell you what the recipe was, but I can't recall now. Well, we'll have uh, to wait. We'll have to wait, and of course, our uh, seasonings, greetings, and all that and more. So if you enjoy food, as uh, I think every human being does, that's today at 9.05. All right, thank you for promoting that. A few uh, announcements that uh, we want to make here. Uh, first of all, we were scanning the paper, both uh, Jeff and I. Um, want to acknowledge the passing of Donald Pinson, age 79, of Woonsocket. And uh, Don was a truck driver all his life, an Army vet, worked for Nationwide Construction. But, of course, we knew him, and uh, I think his name uh, became a little more public in connection with his uh, many years of volunteering on the Autumn Fest Steering Committee. And uh, we'll uh, pass on condolences to his family, right, Jeff? Yeah, uh, what a nice family of people and a great contributors for so many years at Autumn Fest. In particular, Don mm -hmm. and his wife, uh, you may remember, uh, there was a white tent somewhere around the restrooms. And how many years they fed the committee. Mm -hmm. They would cook food and bring it in every day. And even pre-committee days, they were so kind to invite me in to eat. For sure. Uh, just a kind family. My sympathies go out to the entire family, including Mark Pinson's his son. In, uh, in that family. Reading the obituary, a fair amount of gamash connected mm -hmm. uh, to the family I didn't realize as oh. well. His funeral is going to be held Friday, October 30th. Massive Christian burial 
at 10 a.m. Uh, St. Joseph's Church is handling the uh, services on Menden Road. The burial, burial will be private. There will be calling hours Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. at the Holt Funeral Home, South Main Street in Woonsocket. In lieu of flowers, they're asking for contributions to be made to the Dana-Faber Cancer Institute in Boston. Again, my sympathies to the Pinson's family and the passing of Donald. Our top story this morning in the Woonsocket call, anyway, uh, was uh, the um, public display of a vulgar message during a public meeting, and um, it was um, it was uh, reported uh, to us by originally Council Member James Canoyer, who denounced a member of the uh, Racist Policies Review Advisory Board, and her name Megan Gifford, for uh, having in the background a sign that was, uh, shall we say, um, uh, not very um, complimentary of the police in general. And when she was reached by Russ Oliver of the Woonsocket Call, um, she said, um, it's been around since July. Maybe it shouldn't have been in the background, but I don't apologize for it. And uh, it is part of my belief that there are racist tendencies going on in police work here in Woonsocket. So that's what she had to say about that. We have to tell you that the roast house is open for lunch. Today's a good day. No cooking in the kitchen. No, forget about what Jeff and Gary say. Come on over to the Roast House. The Roast House Blackstone is open for dining seven days a week. Our hours are 11.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're featuring inside and outside dining, weather permitting, and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine inside or outside or to place an order at the Roast House Restaurant, call 508-883-7700 and check out our menu on the Internet at theroasthouse.com. Roast House Farm Street Blackstone welcomes back old and new customers. Roast House open at uh, 11.30 today for lunch. We have a uh, Roast House luncheon menu, and we certainly hope you'll look at that menu and maybe uh, choose something that is of uh, interest to you. Join professional chef Gary McLaughlin and amateur home chef Jeff Kamash on Recipe for a Good Day every Wednesday morning at 9.05. Brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores. Recipes, tips, and of course, find out what is on sale this week at all Little General locations. And take a chance to win a $5 Little General gift card. And don't forget, remember, the recipe for a good day is a warm smile, a good laugh, and a great meal. Are you thinking about opening a business or expanding your existing business? Do you need a building to rent or purchase? Call one of the best commercial realtors around who has helped over 30 businesses start up or grow in our community. Contact Garrett Mensary at Gateway Realty who can help you find that place that works for you. His phone number is 401-651-1519 and start your search today. There's plenty of office, retail, manufacturing, industrial, or vacant land properties out there on the market and Garrett Mensary can find it for you. His phone number again is 401-651-1519. So give him a call today. All right, and uh, we have one more uh, ad uh, in this uh, segment, and then we will, um, we will, we have on the phone line. Let's check and make sure he's, he's okay there on the phone line. We're not ready yet, uh, Mr. Gendron, but I just want to make sure that I had you uh, right on the line. You ready? 
I, I am ready as long as my time hasn't started yet. No, it has no. not started. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play another commercial. Very good. I'll be here. All right. I do have a stopwatch here in the studio. No? Okay. We'll get to you in a second. All right. Time out Thank for Ciro's. Isn't it great having a restaurant like Ciro's Tavern at 44 Cherry Street for dining, for private events, and for catering? Open seven days a week. And check out our great menu of appetizers, soups, and seasonal salads, gourmet flatbreads, and grilled pizza, sandwiches, burgers, and wraps, and a full line of entrees with a late-night menu, too. Open Monday through Wednesday at 4 p.m., Thursday through Sunday at noontime. Full bar and full bar menu. We're open late. The bar is open till 1 a.m. Saros Tavern and Socket, 44 Cherry Street, in the historic downtown theater district. Well, Saros will be open uh, later this afternoon for your convenience. But I do want to mention uh, one little uh, add-on, and uh, I'm going to be trying this very, very shortly uh, Ciro's has uh, opened up now that the cooler weather has arrived. The beautiful Hampton Court on the second floor. And, um, of course, I'm much older than Dan Gendron. But, Dan, I, I remember in the old days going up to Hampton Court for some beautiful dinners up there. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Hampton Court's uh, beautiful layout. It's almost like, I have. Yeah, it's like yes. stepping back into a castle in England, right? Uh, it's really oh, nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've, I've, had, I've held some... Uh some parties there. It's it's wonderful. I love the place. Well, the uh, Hampton Court will be uh, will be open uh, to dining for for patrons. So, uh, as people start moving inside um, from the patio, uh, and they uh, they opened up Hampton Court and and uh, spruced it all up, and you can have um, your favorite uh, your favorite pub food. They're using they're introducing uh, what I call a pub atmosphere in Hampton Court. At Ciro's, hope you will try it out. Now we're ready to get to the program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel is uh, Roger and Council President Dan Gendron. And uh, what uh, this is all about is WNRI has uh, donated time through the months during this uh, campaign to uh, permit the candidates to uh, showcase themselves. This is not an interview uh, where... Uh, we're looking for the candidate to say something and all of a sudden contradict them or fact check them. This is uh, their time to um, to uh, give the voters a chance to see the election and and their uh, contribution uh, as uh, in this case here an elected official to the community uh, worthy of re-election. So it is a pleasure to uh, have you on microphone, Dan Gendron. Thank you, Roger, and and thank you for the, the donating of your time because um, it is. It's a good opportunity to to get out to the public, and, and thank you, listeners, for those that are taking time to to hear me speak. All right, let's talk about uh, the um, the uh, career, political career of Dan Gendron. Uh, he, uh, how, how many years ago did you uh, start on this um, on this uh, um, shall we say journey to uh, public service? Well, I uh, I began way, way back on the Zoning Board of Review, and I served, I believe, six or seven years there, and then I, I ran for city council, and I lost my first time, and um, then I came back, and I ran again, and I um, have been successful. Uh, this will be my sixth time running. So losing did not uh, did not discourage you. You just uh, felt that uh, maybe voters uh, needed to uh, see you if, uh, see if you'd come back again. Yeah, and I, I think they um, 
I, I came back stronger than ever, and I've, I've tried to um, keep up to what people expect from me. I, I demonstrated it through the campaigns, and I certainly have demonstrated it in, uh, in principle and in action on the city council. I, I think that by this point, um, people know who Dan Gendron is. They, they, I think they know what to expect. Um, not a, a big frills guy, but um, you, you, can, you can count on honesty and integrity. And I think that what I have, what I'm doing uh, on the city council is working for the city. And uh, I really don't have a personal agenda. I know um, going back and, and in my earlier careers, uh, there was a lot of criticism in saying uh, I was just doing it because I wanted to be mayor. And, and I, I will tell you, I, I had no interest then. Um, I didn't have any interest this term. And you don't know what will happen in the future, but my real ambition was to be on the city council and to, to really oversee the finances of this, of this great city. And, um, you know, you sit back. If you, don't, if you don't participate, then you don't have a right to complain. And I... I really feel like I've tried to participate. Well, one of your remarks just led me into my next question. Oversee the finances of the city of Woonsocket. Now, I realize I'm not interviewing John Ward right now, but one of the things I get as a layman from uh, my perspective uh, is um, you can oversee the finances, but sometimes it's hard to get the financial information from uh, from the city of Woonsocket. Uh, wh- what is the, the problem there? Is it because they're overworked or is there a lack of transparency in sharing uh, fiscal information? No, I, I think that I think that there's a um, there's a definite um, obstacle to us getting the information we need. And it, I know when you said I'm, you're not talking to John Ward because he has been um, really hammering the table looking for um, the information. You know, where do financial reports from the, the finance director and they don't, they're not forthcoming and we, we push it, we pass resolutions, we, we demand it, state law requires it and it doesn't always happen and, and you just get to a point, um, I believe if at the top you don't have the um, the push to get us the information and that's been the problem going forward with uh, in the past um, with with the current administration you know it's there's for some reason there's a lack of interest to work with the city council and I will say this I, I have to I would be unfair if I didn't say this um, I think Steve D'Agostino has done a great job in working with the council and I, I want to point him out because I think he sometimes gets the wrath from the other side for working with the city council but I appreciate it because when I need information it's available um, when I need something done it's it's completed and I think that should be the case with every department in city government I just feel that maybe Steve is a little bit more um, resistance resistant to the administration and does what he knows is right and i just wish that some of the other directors would do the same because it would make for a much much better working environment because believe it or not it's not just a campaign slogan we should all be working together for the betterment of the city and um and i i I feel that there's a a message being sent from above that 
that we don't need to keep the city council informed, and that's not right. That's not productive. It's not effective, and it certainly isn't legal. Uh, we can discuss the merits of the mayor's news conference a week ago today uh, about uh, development of Cass Park or development for Barry Field, for that matter. But was that uh, another example, as some uh, some others who are running for elective office, um, of how things are introduced to the general public uh, and the city council? Um, uh, were you alerted about that? or And also, once you tell us whether that was uh, something that you were filled in on, uh, maybe your viewpoint on what was discussed. So, sure. I, first of all, we were not informed prior to um, the announcement. We did. I, got, I was announced the same way as you were, that there was going to be a press conference. And um, that was my first inkling that something was going on. I will tell you that the city council had months ago asked for a work session to be updated on the status of the work being conducted at Cass Park, and that never happened. Um, there was a transition in planning directives and whatnot, but there was it was just excuse upon excuse. We never received um, an update, and then all of a sudden there's this press conference. Um, that being said, I don't know if I agree with the, the idea. I'm not opposed to the football field being put at Cast Park, but I don't know anything about it, Roger. I'm only the council president. Why would I know the details? Why would I know the funding sources? Why would I know what the, the bigger plan is? Um, why would I know? Because an administration should be conveying that information to the city council as a whole, and that doesn't happen. So. I don't want to sit here and talk about the merits of the project because I don't know the project. And that's most unfortunate. Um, I understand that. So how can you comment on something you don't know about? Same with me. Uh, I, I, I got general... Um, well, I got the same information as you did. I'm exactly. As, I'm as important as you are. Right. And, 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 I, and you are, Roger. You certainly are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, planning for the future. Um, uh, the governor talks about it in her uh, briefings. Um, where are we going to stand fiscally, uh, statewide, with the state of Rhode Island? Uh, will we get funds from the federal government to close our deficit, or will we have to cut programs? That's on the statewide level, and so we're going to bring that same concept to the citywide level. Um, where will we get the funds, especially... <clears throat> if the state cuts our funding to Woonsocket, so being a, a person who oversees the fiscal uh, uh, issues of the city of Woonsocket, um, I don't expect you to have the answer, but I do expect you to be worried about the future of, uh, the, of the city's finances as it relates to uh, getting school aid and uh, also getting um, state funding uh, that we're used to getting. And, and that is exactly the point. And that's, <clears throat> that's one of the most, I think this is one of the most critical races that I've been in. And it's because I think it is, it is the scariest times. You know, I lived through the Budget Commission. I, um, I, I saw us come out of the Budget Commission. I've been through that. And that, is not, that was not as scary as where we are today because we've seen that the state, will have no problem cutting support for the city of Woonsocket. And 
if that were to happen, you really need people in place that are prepared to act and can take the city through this. And, and you know, you, I, I know you've got, um, you've got feelings about Jim Knoyers and, and, his, and John Ward and their um, financial astuteness. And, and you're absolutely right. I can't deny that. But you, you have a group of counselors that we have put together that know how to do the budgets. We know how to be frugal when it needs, you know, when you need to be frugal. And I am, I am truly worried about what's going to happen with funding from the state. And if we're not poised to react quickly... Uh, it will be devastating for the city of Woonsocket. Um, I think you've seen that I, along with my colleagues, are not afraid to have the tough fight and, and pass tough budgets. But there are always budgets that are fiscally sound and, and financially responsible and affordable for the taxpayers. And, you know, in this climate that we're in right now, it's not a time where you say, let's bring in the B team and see if they can learn what the A team is doing. I mean, if we still had Tom Brady, um, I think we'd be playing him in the games. You know, you don't sideline your A team when you're in your worst and, and your most critical time of, of the city's um, existence. This is not just a city problem. It's a city, state, federal, worldwide pandemic issue that's affecting everybody. And um, do you really want to move to the B line and uh, the B team and, and then hope for the best? I don't think that's wise. Mr. Gendron, uh, I don't know if you know I have some political opinions of my own. I, uh, I, I do have them, and I'm going to share one with you. Uh, there are a group of candidates uh, on the ballot for city council that I call off microphone, and now I'm going to call them on microphone, the La La Land candidates, meaning that they have absolutely no idea about a city budget. They have absolutely no idea about what a council is supposed to do and what it isn't supposed to do. Um, so therefore, I'm thinking you've got to say something about your opponents uh, in this election and how important it is to um, to elect a core of people that uh, have a clue of what is going on in real Woonsocket life. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you you call them, what did you say, la-la candidates? The la-la land candidates. Yes, the la-la land candidates. That's exactly what I'm getting at, Roger. People know who we're talking about. It, it's... Now is not the time for emotions. Now is the time for good common sense government. We need we need people who who see the bigger picture. And emotion doesn't play well. You see it happening um, in our local government. You see it at council meetings. It's unnecessary emotion with very little substance. And and you take people like Alex Kithis. He is, is it okay if I mention the name, Roger? <laughs> it's certainly okay. Okay, I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to get you into trouble. No, you're going to you mention... Take somebody like Alex Kithis and the team that he's running with. I mean, <clears throat> what, what has he brought forth of, of any value? I can bring a number of things up that, that have hurt the city, that have um, divided the city, but, but is that what you want? I, I mean, ultimately, we want... 
the city to come together and be cohesive and, and cooperative. And when you have somebody that's just vile and and um, and out to attack people, I, I don't I don't want to be part of that. And um, you know, you have you have Dave Councilman Susie, who says um, so many of our votes are five to two. Um, thank you for noticing that, Dave. Um, maybe you'd want to look in the mirror and realize that you're voting on the wrong side of those five to two votes, Dave. Um, I don't think, what's the argument to say five people are wrong and two are right? Uh, no, Dave, Dave, look, look at how your votes are going. Um, you need to, you need to really stand up and, and, uh, and look at the city of Winsocket that, that you grew up in. And I will tell you, my daughter is being brought up in the city and I hope that, um, when I eventually pass on and my, and my daughter's here, that she'll have a city that she can still be proud of like I am. But when you see people like the Alex Kithises, I don't know what they're trying to do to the city that, that my forefathers built. But um, shame on you, because um, this is a great city. Don't destroy it. And, and we need to be, you need, as I, I like to say, it, you need the A-team there to, to keep it sustainable and, um, and get away from the emotional, the emotional, um, reaction to everything. If you've just joined us on WNRI, I'm Roger. The voice that we're interviewing is Daniel Gendron, Dan Gendron, running for re-election to the Woonsocket City Council. He is currently the Woonsocket City Council president, and we are interviewing him uh, as a part of our continuing series of candidate interviews. All right, looking at uh, the uh, list of issues uh, I have. Well, we, you know what? I'm going to let you uh, identify a couple of issues that you'd like to identify. I know you um, and uh, and some of the people that you support uh, sent out a flyer, a mailer the other day, and you highlighted a few things. Um, maybe since this is your segment to spotlight your candidacy, you could point out a few things that you wish to point out. Sure. Well, thank you for that. And I, I, I will I, I'll say, as I started out in the beginning, you know, you know who I am. I um I, I take criticism well. I I try and adapt when people bring up some good points, and I've I've tried to um, temper myself at council meetings, and and I think that I've demonstrated a um, a strong ability and desire to do what's right for the city. I'm not I'm not doing what is right for Dan Gendron. I do what is right for the city of Winsocket, and and it shows in in the budgets that we've passed, in, um, in ordinances that we've put forth to make the, safe, the city safer, um, resolutions where we recognize the good work of people um, that, that help the city to be a greater place. That's what the city council does. But nothing of what the city council does is more important than maintaining uh, fiscal viability for the taxpayers and, and giving them um, an affordable tax rate and tax bill. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I have a postcard that someone sent out, and it talks about five years of tax reductions. And the irony of it, and I, I, I appreciate this because it is true, but those tax reductions have been the result of city council labor. And what I and my colleagues have been able to do. 
but what's most interesting is when the postcard says five years of tax reduction, and then you hear um, that the city council has cut paving budgets, or the city council has cut funding for the blight, and yet the postcard says that 58 deplorable roads have been repaved. Four municipal parking lots have been paved. Um, 37 blighted properties have been demolished. I think what that says, and what this card points out, is that we are able to live within our fiscal means. And so the council <coughs> did what was right for the city, and <coughs> in working with the administration, um, the administration worked within that fiscal budget and was able to still do what is best and necessary for the city. So I think um, it highlights, probably not intentionally, but it certainly highlights that the city council was right every year when we created a more uh, responsible budget. And the taxpayers reaped the benefit of that. And I assure you that is what I intend to do going forward. You know, it's interesting uh, when you were talking about that mailer, um, I was going to say, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was going to say, uh, matter of fact, you could sign your name underneath that mailer also. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the point you were making, saying all these things that someone else is claiming, well, I'm sure they had a role in it. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it couldn't have happened unless uh, other council members uh, signed on to make it happen. And understand, in, we fought for those budget cuts. Um, we we took a lot of heat. They, the uh, some of our budget cuts were the amendments were vetoed, and fortunately, you had five stable people that were able to override the veto in many cases. Not every case, but in many cases. But that that is what um, we and I bring to the city council, and I think that it's it's indicative of what we stand for. But it's it's also imperative that people see that and realize um, not one of these people, I'm looking at my postcard now that has the, uh, the five counselors that I'm running, or four counselors I'm running with, none of those people are there for self-gratification or for their own, um, to, to prop up their own agenda. And that's what's unfortunate. When you hear some of the other people running, they really are just running because they have a, another uh, agenda that's personal and, and uh, not not for the best interest of the city. So if uh, we did this interview uh, last Wednesday, we wouldn't have had this question. Sometimes uh, news events of the day spark uh, a question that um, we wouldn't normally ask other candidates. But since the Racist Review Advisory Board was a creation of the City Council, and since it's got to report back to the City Council with its results, I believe it's either today or yesterday that um, it's today. Yes, it's today that uh, they should have the results, uh, and and you'll and I'm not going to ask you to comment on those yet because you've got to wait for the report to be in hand. But what about the front page story where a member of the board um, is uh, displaying an unfortunate uh, um, phrase connected to the police department? And so this is going to be one of those uh, broad questions, Dan, that you're used to me asking. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, like, uh, tone it down. But first of all, comment in particular about her actions. Uh, we're talking about Megan Gifford. 
And then talk in general about the whole idea of the Racist Policies Review Advisory Board. And then an even broader part of the question on police funding or defunding. You can start at the top or at the bottom. You can start with her or go to defunding. Well, I'll start. I'll start there. Um, I, I, of course, I'm. I'm very, very disappointed. I, I think that when you know Councilman Kithis appointed her to the advisory board, that was his recommendation. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that he would have taken somebody um, that would have done that in a in a setting like that that's being viewed to the public. Um, now, listen, that individual has her right to free speech i'm not i'm not saying that but you're somewhat representing the city when you're appointed to a city board and that was um to me uh was not a, a wise decision and i think going back to my original thoughts that we need common sense in government and i don't think there was any common sense used with with having that in the background um moving on from that i absolutely support our police department. I would not support defunding of, of our police department. Uh, as I've said, and you've heard other people say, I, I want to give the city of Woonsocket, um, provide the best police department that the city can afford. Provide the best police department, fire department, public works, um, all of that. The best that the city can afford. And it may not always be as much as everybody wants, but to say that we would defund our great police department, I want to hear nothing of it. I, I think that is far from common sense. It's just emotional reaction, and I'm very disappointed with um, that one individual's actions. I, I don't know about the results of the report yet, because I don't have it, um, but I do know there were some good people on that board, and um, I hopefully... Um, She's not representative of how the rest of the board is. So what does um, uh, what does the council do uh, with that? Um, we'll make uh, the happy assumption that you and um, and others are reelected um, uh, this coming Tuesday. What do you do with that report? Well, the, the let's let's go back to the 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 task of the board was to identify racist or biased um, policies or or laws. In, in city government. So if they, let's just say, and I don't know this to be true, but let's say they found an ordinance that was was clearly racist or biased, then I would be one that would put, I would start, if, if others don't, and I, I think there'd be a race to get the ordinance filed, um, to amend those ordinances. Or if there was a resolution that had something racist or biased, uh, I would be the first, if not second, third, fourth, or fifth, to correct that mistake because that is something that the city council has responsibility for resolutions and ordinances if there's more if there's policies that have been established by the administration then i would hope that when this report comes out if listen i don't think that our administration is racist i'm not saying that but if there was something identified same way as i said if it was an ordinance um, there would be changes made immediately to curb any of that racism or bias. And that was the task of that board. So that's what I'm hoping. If they found something, bring it forth. If they didn't, I think they need to recognize that as well, that there was nothing racist or biased. And I don't know what the results will be. 
All right. Um, looking at the debate, uh, I'm not going to ask you uh, about who won or didn't win or the debate. Or, I was just looking at some of the uh, issues that were discussed during the debate, and they're directly related to uh, the city council because the council uh, increases or decreases taxes as possible. Uh, another fiscal uh, question um, with the uh, state of the economy uh, and the coronavirus, um, what about that car income tax i'm waiting for the bill you know i know that i'm not done paying my taxes for the year Correct. because i know that that's that's sitting out there uh and that's probably revenue um even though it's being cut back little by little it's still revenue that the city needs uh any comment on um when where and how uh, we're going to get that uh, that that money in not that i want to pay that tax no, no, and, and nor, nor do I or anyone else. And, and you know what? Uh, there's people running that aren't even concerned about that, Roger, because they don't pay taxes. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I asked oh, I just repeatedly. Got that. <laughs> I'm sorry? I just got that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, uh, I've asked repeatedly, and um, there, is, there is no definitive answer for when um, we can expect to see the, the state portion of the budget finalized, which would then conclude the city portion of the um, auto tax. So I don't, I don't have a good answer. I will tell you, um, be responsible and be ready to pay the bill when it comes in, because the fact that you haven't gotten it doesn't mean it's not coming. We're going to give you a minute to summarize your campaign and ask people to vote for Dan Gendron. Well, thank you, Roger, and, and again, thank you to everyone who took the time to listen, and, and for you, Roger, and the, the radio station for giving us the time. Um, I, all I can say is uh, I, am, I am Dan Gendron. I've built up a reputation. Like it or not, you know who I am. You know what I'm going to be like, and um, I, I tell you, this is, I'm doing this for the betterment and for the, the success of the city of Woonsocket, and I am hoping that what I've done in the past will lead you to vote for me um, on Tuesday if you haven't already voted. Uh, I, I'm seeking your support because I really do have the city's best interest at heart. Um, I do want to see us provide the most affordable and the best uh, city services that we can provide. And I can only do that if uh, I'm lucky enough to get your support on election day. I, um, I don't have any special uh, promises that I can make because I, uh, I have done my best over the years and uh, that's what I've got to offer. And I, I just humbly ask for your support one more time and um, bring me back to the city council so that I can continue to see the city moving in the right direction with your help. All right, well, since I'm not doing a talk show where I have to be, um, like, um, uh, shall we say, objective. I can be very subjective because we're doing a segment that's um, uh, supposed to reflect the positive aspects of your campaign. So I went to vote the other day with Jeff Kamash. We went down City Hall, and um, you were one of the candidates that uh, I wanted to bring back to city government, and I don't mind saying it in any way at all. Con well, I so, appreciate that, Roger. So and, and it is nice to hear, so thank you. Right, I hope it doesn't hurt you in any way. If, well, Bouchard voted for him, uh, I should not vote for him. Please do. No, I, that, that's going to carry <laughs> a lot of weight. <laughs> I'm sure it does. All right, thank you.
Dan Gendron. Bye bye. Take take care. Bye bye. Dan Gendron on our live line here on WNRI with one of our uh, interviews, the last in that series. We'll be back in a moment. We have some uh, listener uh, comments uh, like, Hi, Roger. What was the post from the Racist Review board member? Somebody just joining us, uh, and we'll get to that. And uh, also, um, we had a comment from somebody uh, who uh, wanted to uh, comment on the debate and what is okay or not okay in a debate and what um, you can say on a flyer or not say on a flyer. That coming up. Kay Akasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kay Akasher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kay Akasher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In Six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers, open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. Superior Court Judge Jeffrey Lamfer famously said many of the financial woes of the city of Woonsocket were self-created. Unfortunately, Judge Lamfer was correct. The city of Woonsocket needs people like James Kenoyer on the city council to avoid the mistakes of the past. We can count on James Kenoyer to demand fiscally responsible budgets that provide municipal services we can afford and to make the city affordable not only to our residents but also for the commercial businesses that provide us jobs. Please keep our city on the right track by re-electing James Kenoyer to the Woonsocket City Council. Paid for James Kenoyer. As we move closer to November 3rd, where do you think John Brian is today? He's meeting with voters in their neighborhood door-to-door, as he has been since July. John wants to fire up the economic engine of Woonsocket, open up City Hall, work collaboratively with the City Council, change the city's image, be business-friendly, and deliver city services as a good mayor should. Leadership, vision, and integrity will return to City Hall on November 3rd. Let's open up Woonsocket to all who live here. Paid for, Friends of John Brian. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, Roger and Jeff have some time uh, left on this end. Uh, Jeff uh, has been preparing for his radio program at 9.05, recipe for a new, for a good day, and a new day for that matter. Jeff, do you have a couple of things you want to mention before I get to some emails and a phone call? Yeah, uh, stay tuned. We have recipe for a good day. Uh, we'll be uh, learning in, on the uh, spice side of life all about the wonderful world of ginger today. 
uh, amongst other things we'll be talking about, of course, leading into Halloween. Brend, uh, let's see, uh, Brendan asks us, uh, and I'm going to ask you to summarize it because I've been doing it all morning. Hi, Roger. What was the post from the Racist Review Board member? Can you maybe in a minute explain uh, what uh, this issue is about? Well, uh, just to clarify, it's a review board on racism. The board member herself is not deemed racist. But in the background of a uh, presentation or maybe a Zoom meeting uh, to the board member's uh, right shoulder, seen in the background is the uh, slogan F uh, with the full word, the police. And it certainly does not mean fulfill. Uh, F the police uh, in the background on a, uh, on a uh, it may have been a Zoom chat of some sort, uh, is the point of interest. And some are saying that board members should step down with that in the background. Uh, we'll wait to see how that tug of war plays out in the, uh, in the uh, public eye. All right. Thank you. And our next email, I recently looked at the website for... The numbers, we're talking about the Autumn Fest button numbers, but I recently heard somebody won the $100 and $250, but not the $500, but uh, for nothing was on the website. Also, the change of the numbers. So, anyway, I think I understand that question. The current number, yes, uh, two prizes, the $100 and the $250 have been claimed. The $500 hasn't been claimed. The current number is 1963. 1963 is the current number, and the numbers are changed on Monday. So if we don't get a winner um, today or through the weekend, Monday morning at 7.30, the chairman of Autopest will come in and we'll draw another button number for $500. And don't throw away your button because one of the winners, I think it was the 250, had to pick hers out of the trash can. Uh, you don't want to have to do that. As a matter of fact, keep them for next year as there's a special drawing tied to this year's buttons coming up next Autumn Fest. So put them in your sock drawer. Another uh, emailer here and then we'll get to the call. Uh, this came in. I don't think I read this. Uh, this is a couple of days old. I apologize. Um, to uh, Catherine, but uh, Catherine writes, I don't think that Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt was out of line in her criticism and comments of Councillor Brian. She was totally right to point out his uh, lack of originality or anything new um, in his political career. He is a follower of Mr. Kanoya, not a leader. Or maybe he's just lazy. Thank you, Catherine, for your contribution on how you see the campaign. And I think we have uh, finished. Yeah, we uh, took care of some housekeeping right? there. And let's get to our phone lines. Good morning, caller. You're on the Upfront program. Thanks for waiting. Good morning. Good morning. The, the more stuff you hear about, about Biden, Hunter Biden and his father, you know, the more people, uh, I've heard that people are asking how they can change their vote, how they they voted for Biden, and they want to change their vote. So that's really voting. I think that's a bad idea because you don't hear, you hear all about this stuff too late, you know? It's only a bad idea if you vote for Biden. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, Roger and I were pretty uh, solid in our foundation. I mean, some early voting is just ridiculous. I mean, there was voting taking places before the political message were delivered. There were voting taking place before any debates were held. 
Um, yeah. uh, but at the point uh, last week when we went down to the polls, that was uh, we were pretty solidified. But you're absolutely right. There are so many votes cast before, really, the communications were heavily public. And, caller, my vote would be the same as it would be on Christmas Eve of this year. There's just no way that anything could, could change my thinking. I am so <laughs> narrow-minded. Oh, me too. I had my mind made up the, the day Trump said he was going to run for office, you know? Because I liked his speech, you know? I thought he, he gave a good... And I didn't like Trump that much before. I don't know. I didn't like him that much before. And then when I heard his speech, I said, you know what? I'm going to vote for him for president, you know? And I'm talking about the first time he ran. And I'm, I'm not sorry because I think he... he fulfilled his promises they might they might think he's a jerk and all that but at least he gets stuff done that's what i say now i'm a you little know? bit of a hypocrite on this one because yet here i uh here i voted for our uh, our senate race uh for mr waters and never met the man <laughs> uh. <laughs> or in my case never even heard of him uh. <laughs> but uh, it was anybody but jack reed i guess um i uh I would have voted, I can name a couple of people around here that could have been on the ballot, and I still would have voted for them instead of Jack Reed. Can you imagine that? Anyway, we appreciate your call. Any further comment on anything? Uh, nope, that's okay. it. Thank you. Good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank Thanks for your time. And talking about recipe for a good day, that's not the only show you're going to be doing today as we uh, get closer. Yeah, you have a, a, a 10 o'clock appointment also. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. I very fortunate to take part in a lot of programs and uh, the one I look forward to perhaps the most is one of the most important ones, Spotlight on Prevention with Lisa Casafaro. It's a month-to-month program so that whenever you hear us on a Wednesday, get ready to turn your calendar and uh, she'll be in this week. I'm not sure of the topic, but I do know we're going to be joined by a guest on today's program. Uh-huh. Uh, but it can vary of anything from the world of prevention, which is so vast. Inside dining, outside dining, or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant, Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, one night. Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. All right, I'm uh, looking for one more commercial here in the inventory, and I found it, and then we'll be back with our closing words. Hello, this is Vincent Bono, candidate for state representative for District 49. Election day is coming on Tuesday, November 3rd, and whether you vote early by mail, in person at City Hall, or at the polls on election day, please make sure your voice is heard. Please cast your vote for me for representative in District 49 so that I can be your voice at the State House, a voice for more education funding, better transportation, and more business development. Visit my webpage at www.bonoforwoonsocket.com and please remember to vote. Paid for by friends of Vincent Bono. Well, we're closing out on the program. Uh, this guy here, uh, this uh, guy by the name of uh, Jeff Gamash, we keep him busy. He'll be on the air at 9.05, he'll be on the air at 10.05, but also... Uh, 30 seconds to promote our Halloween programming. Great lineup, Halloween night, Jack Rivers, and some novelty songs of Halloween at 5 p.m. Then we're going to move into a Disney party at 7 o'clock, old-time comedy at 8, and then we turn a little Halloweenish 
at 9 o'clock. And we're going to roll with great theme to programming till midnight. Anything really scary? Yes, the legend of Sleepy Hollow with Boris Karloff. Oh, yes. Uh, he's got a voice that will make anything creepy. Outstanding. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.